Good morning. You are listening to KPOO San Francisco 89.5 and on the World Wide Web at KPOO.com. This is Prison Focus Radio. Slavery is back. In fact, it was never abolished. The 13th Amendment to the U.S. Constitution abolished slavery, except in prison. At the current rate of incarceration, by the year 2010, the majority of all African-American men between 18 and 40 will be in prison. The state as their captor. It's going to take people who are willing to fight, not people who want to negotiate with the enemy. Focus Radio. We are going to have a very powerful, every show is powerful, Um, but before we begin, please just let me send out um, a lot of love um, and uh, just knowing that we care about the people that are behind the walls. We love you. We hear you. This is your station. This is your platform. And with that said, um, I want you to know that KPOO is in a fun drive. So please uh, dig deep, give what you can to make sure that this radio station survives. It is about the community coming together. This is our power of the community voice. Uh, This is one of the few radio stations, actually I don't know of another radio station that that, uh, devotes one hour to 
uh, prison human rights issues, prisoner issues, prison issues. So please, um, from Prison Focus Radio, I say please dig deep and make sure that this radio station survives. We are only asking for $75,000 to be raised by the end of the year. We can do it. We can do it. And I know you want to make it happen because you love this station as well. So please, to support KPOO Radio, send your donation to KPOO PO Box 156650. San Francisco, California, 94115. You can also donate online by going to kpoo.com. Also, um, you know that I am the managing editor of the San Francisco Bayview National Black Newspaper. I also uh, facilitate Liberate the Caged Voices through California Prison Focus. We are in the middle of a social media campaign. I would love for you all to get involved. There are a few ways to do it. You can call the governor and say that you, uh, you demand that our elders be released. The elders that we are focusing on are um, part of the... the the hunger strikes, they are elders. They have been subjected to decades of torture of solitary confinement. They have been subjected to um, civil death laws of being denied parole um, multiple times. And they are still incarcerated after suffering decades of solitary confinement. They are still being uh, caged. So please call the governor demanding their release at 916-445-2841. Also, Check out the, um, everything on the, the social media platforms by using the hashtag LiberateOurCagedElders. You can also go to the campaign website, which is LiberateCagedVoices, all one word, LiberateCagedVoices.wixsite.com slash site. LiberateCagedVoices, all one word, dot W-I-X-S-I-T-E dot C-O-M forward slash S-I-T-E. All right. With all of that said, um, uh, this is all about us coming together. There is uh, the crime against humanity is still taking place within our prisons. And the crime against humanity, if you don't know, is slavery and a form of genocide. Please do not mistake anything that I'm saying Um, Anything other than the truth, if you are still unsure about slavery taking place within this country in 2020, go check out the exception clause to the 13th Amendment, which states, Neither slavery nor involuntary servitude, except as a punishment for crime, whereof the party shall have been duly convicted, shall exist within the United States or any place subject to their jurisdiction. If you didn't hear it, neither slavery nor involuntary servitude, except as a punishment for crime and a crime um, for the very existence of people has been perpetrated um, against the poor, the black, the brown for centuries and decades and it's manifesting within our prisons. Please join the campaign. Please keep radio stations like this alive. Um, These are things that are addressing the human rights crisis that is taking place within this country. We don't even know who our president is going to be yet. So we must come together to get our own needs met. All right. With that said, sorry, I am very excited this morning. Um, I want you, I want to give a couple of pieces of news. You know, I uh, uh, read... Uh, these pieces of news that come out of the Equal Justice Initiative calendar. Check that place out. That's with Brian Stevenson. All right. On this day, November 11th, that I am pre-recording this show, in 1831, Nat Turner, the black leader of an anti-slavery revolt, is hanged in Jerusalem, Virginia. And we see the same violent response from the state when the people on the streets are rising up uh, to this day. All right. On this day, November 12th in 1866, this is the day the the, the show is being aired, Texas legislature authorizes leasing of state prisoners to build railroads and work on other projects to profit the state treasury. And... Slavery still exists within our prisons. If you are still unsure, please go back and read the exception clause to the 13th 
Amendment. All right. We're going to get started with the show, but first I just want to let you know, I did mention the social media campaign that is taking place right as we speak. We are focusing on Ifuma Modibo Kambon. Last week, we, or the last few weeks, we were focusing on Yafeo Ayapo. We are now focusing on Ifuma. We are going to hear his words. Know that he is, he and Yafeo are two of hundreds of men and women that we are trying to get home to us, to their loved ones, to their people, to some of the people that are still alive. They have lost a lot of people being incarcerated 10, 20, 30, 40, and like I said, even 50 years. I'm asking you also to please get on board, call the governor, demand their release, 916-445-2841. You can also find out more about the California hunger strikers by accessing the California Prison Focus website at www.prisons.org. It is a just a wealth of information there about um, these men and, and what's happening inside of our prisons. Please check out the Prison Focus newspaper archives. You can listen also to past Prison Focus radio shows or anywhere that you get your podcasts. Um, there is so much to access and find out and it is really about opening up to your humanity all right we are now going to get started with i'm going to read ifuma's biography and then you will hear ifuma himself ifuma's biography my name is ifuma which means lasting friend slave name daryl burnett prison number b60892 I'm entering my 46th year of imprisonment inside one of California's pathological incubators. I spent over 40 years in solitary confinement, most of which were for non-disciplinary reasons or prison rule infractions. The boogeyman fear tactics was drummed to create the justification for isolating classes of men from the general population. Despite the denigrating stereotypes and dehumanizing language used to describe us as monsters or worst of the worst, I am father, son, uncle, cousin, nephew, friend, social prison activist, and most importantly, human being. It is through this prism I wish to be judged, not through the inhumanity of a cage. My consciousness was shaped by the social inequalities and inhumane barbaric practices existing within the prison system. Solitary confinement, violence, repression, mandatory sentencing, prison industrial complex, mass incarceration, and other issues played a role in the maturation of my consciousness and activism. After the victorious prison hunger strikes, I was released from Pelican Bay in 2014. I discovered immediately that prison had transformed into a chaotic abyss, a habitat for fractured minds, lost souls, and defeated spirits. It has become a place for living zombies, a species who possesses no sense of trust, integrity, honor, and respect. They simply act without any thoughts or consequences. The roads ahead are difficult, full of obstacles and setbacks. I ask that you join us in the movement of rebirth, resurrection, and transformation. We need the sunlight of wisdom, light, knowledge, inspiration, in order to give birth to a new consciousness. How do we begin to plant the seeds of rebirth? We need you to be our sunlight. The struggle continues. Ifuma. If you are interested in writing him, you can write him at Daryl Burnett. D-A-R-Y-E-L. B-U-R-N-E-T-T, B60892. Please place that number underneath his name. Folsom State Prison, P.O. Box 715071. His location is 2-B1-10, Represa, California, 95671. And now, Ifuma. I was saying earlier that a circus has been in town 
for the last couple of weeks, right? And in this circus, it doesn't put uh, the progressive community in the way to, to sleep. And they've been kind of sleep because they've transformed file into parents. They really mimic or repeat the latest tidbit of news, right? And, and, and that, and what that means that they don't ask us to questions no more. So then we get people suffering from the herd instinct that they like follow the leaders. And then we got people who just zombies today. You know, who don't ask real questions of accountability. But I'm like this here. It, it's not until we really start asking real questions if that change is going to come about. Because it's easy to draw support behind parties, right? But really on the grassroots level where change really begins, on a whole different level in terms of how we going to create a new humanity. A you a new humanity a new humanity free of uh, all the isms, the patriarchisms, the racisms, the homophobiaisms, the ageism, all the stuff that divides us as as a people, one people, you know, free of all the senseless wars, you know, the senseless wars that get people killed. And you know it's just for money. So how can we begin to see through a whole different lenses of a new, can imagine a, a, of a new world, a new world order. And so with this virus going on, especially in Folsom State Prison, right, how can we get people to listen to our story? This call and your telephone number will be monitored and recorded. To listen to our stories of negligence to listen to our stories of uh, being treated indifferent, to listen to our stories about just, just totally treated like our lives didn't matter. But, yet, but our lives do matter because we going home to children, we go home to mothers, wives, we go home to grandmothers, but there's a bug in us now. And, 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 and it's, it, it is the result of people who are supposed to be responsible for our care drop the ball on us and then look for excuses to justify why this happened. In a matter of, in a matter of one day, two days, you get a massive outbreak of the virus here in one building. How did that happen? How was the, what protocols was followed? We had San Quentin for as an example what to do and not to do. Why wasn't the protocols followed? You know, and so I'm always kind of angry still at that they affected all of all these us men because of their negligence. Well can and I ask you people. something? Yep. I yep. mean you've been incarcerated well, you've been caged what I call it. You've been caged for 46 years. Yes. Uh, so, I mean, there's, there's, there's a precedence that's already being set there in terms of how your life was going to be treated. So if you're, it, I, and you spent 40 of those years in solitary confinement. Yes. Yeah. So how, how can a level of care be translated in that context? From CDCR. Hey. I mean, I, I know it's a rhetorical question to some degree, but I think ultimately it seems to me that there is there's there's wisdom and 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 story there. In first of all, why are you in, why are you caged for 46 years? Why did you spend 40 years in solitary confinement? Based upon presumption of not. A presumption, not based on the, uh, any infractions being committed, based on what he possibly could do. And then, and then the people who is willing to say anything to save their own individual lives, but at the same time, in the saving of their lives, they imprison others. You know, so a whole narrative was created that turned 
men into monsters. This is the worst of the words. These men don't have no redeemable qualities. But when we got out, finally, years later, when they finally let us out, they see, they seen a different man, which they knew all along that these men was different in their character, a different ethic in how they treat, treated each other, a different sense of community, how these men related to each other. And, they, and these men was treated like they was animals. And, this, and that's how really the public, majority of public uh, see us through those lenses. But like my name is Daryl Burnett. I'm father, son, uncle, friend, activist. I laugh, I cry, I smile, I love. No different from anybody else in society. No different from, from anybody. And so my thing is, what my thing has always been, how can I be a teacher or influence of, uh, be a teacher to boys here? Because you got now in prison a bunch of... This call and your telephone number will be monitored and recorded. You get boys who have somehow or another transformed into living zombies. How has that happened? You know, and somebody always tell me, hey, OG, you got to stay out the way now, you know. But how can you get out the way unless you get in the way first? You know, you got to get in the way in terms of how you're going to teach and transform hey, boys into men. Because today's prison environment is totally different from how I was raised. There's, like I said before, there's no sense of respect for nobody, no self-respect, no dignity, no trustworthiness. You know, it's just hey, every person is for themselves. They don't see nothing of importance. And so somehow I kind of think that the powers that be to turn this into the devil's playground now as opposed to how prison used to be a university, a university that held the possibility for people to change, that people had a sense of redeemable qualities in them. And where, where you still had human beings who consider themselves as men, honorable men, men who have some sense of purpose other than their own individual lives, men who's, con who's connected to a greater humanity. And this is where my spirit is, and this is why I've been in prison so long, that I'm, I'm, I'm of a different humanity than the majority of these prisoners here. I want to be responsible. I want to be teach. But it's so hard in this environment where you easily want to give up, but you can't because uh, your life is all about change. And how can we create, like I said, how can we create a new epic in which people see each other through different lenses? But then why, you so know? my question is how, then why aren't you out? I mean, you've, you've had this, this, these sensibilities and this way of being, um, for decades, but you're hey, still inside. I, so, what's happening with that? See, uh, hoops, different hoops that you got to jump through today. For example, when I first came, all you needed was a trade, an uh, education, and you had to go through a particular site program to be qualified for parole. Over all these decades, things don't change, right? And so being in the shoe, sometimes a majority of prisoners lost hope because they, they wasn't given parole dates out. And plus, there was different, more hoops to jump through. And so we not, so in terms of all the little self-help programs that existed, right, for those on the main line, for those in shoe, that was a, uh, we can't even go to school, you know. And so, and for me, for right now, as a 65-year-old man, you know, the hoops that I got to jump through today, you know, and we go out to self-help programs, I'm way behind because I'm from a whole different generation of prisoners and a whole different set of laws that they really didn't apply for me to jump through all these different types of hoops. 
But all I got today is is who I am as a person that done kept me alive all these years and not that that not allow me not to lose my insanity in the in shoe. It being in the shoe all these years. That they never broke me. That I got a resilient spirit. And that's based on those who came before me who was willing to sacrifice their lives for a greater cause. Because I walk in their footsteps, you know, and whatever time I got left on this planet, my, 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 my plan is to work on how can we, as a community, of, a community of like-minded people, begin to really plant seeds of change in people's minds. All right, if you have just tuned in, this is Prison Focus Radio, and I am your host, Nube Brown. We are in the middle of a fall fundraiser. KPOO is trying to raise $75,000 by the end of the year. So we need you, the community. This is a listener-supported radio station, um, beautiful, local, Black-owned radio station, that provides an hour of prisoner human rights, prisoner-related issues, prison-related issues. I don't know of any other radio station that provides an hour like this. This is an amazing platform, and I am so grateful for it. So please help keep this radio station going. That means that Prison Focus Radio can be here as well. Please send your donations in to KPOO PO Box 156650, San Francisco, California 94115. You can also donate online by going to KPOO.com and make your donation there. Please, anything that you can do. If, if a lot of people can give a little, that's a lot. All right. So this is a great opportunity to come together as a community and show your power in unity to keep KPOO on the air. All right. Thank you so much. Um, We have been listening to Ifuma Modibo Cambon, and we are going to hear Um, the second part of this conversation that we were in. And I do hope that you are hearing that this is really about our humanity and that we are hearing it from the people that are experiencing dehumanization and the abuse of their human and civil rights is very important. We have an opportunity to shift the narrative, people, As the people, none of these politicians are talking about our humanity. The humanity that is being lost and compromised when we allow elders and when we allow people, our youth, to be caged for decades on end. The sentences that we are giving to to young people. Uh, we have to really consider our humanity and the voices that you hear on this hour on Prison Focus Radio are imploring us. They are calling on us to recognize the humanity in ourselves and in them and to come together in humanity and in unity to make the changes that are necessary to see a world that really starts to care about each other and puts people and planet over profits. So here we go with the second part of my conversation with Ifuma. Hey, see, that's a good point in the sense that if we're going to move into uh, from now to the future, I think our mindset's got to be changed and how you see a segment, how people in general see a segment of society, men and women, just not men, men and women, in a dehumanized manner, that they a different species that deserve whatever fate happens to them, you know. So how do we begin to change people's mindset to see or even just think 
of the possibilities that another human being has redeemable qualities. You know, because we talk about all our religious and spiritual faith, but yet when it comes to people in prison, all those all all, all those belief systems is primarily primarily thrown out the window, and people begin to judge us through a whole different lenses that that automatically assume that we are monsters. And how can we start creating a a, a, a people who thinks before they open their mouth or give an opinion of th on things? How can we start becoming more informed on not only issues relating to, say, in the in the spirit that we in, but globally? How can we become more connected globally to uh, the world community? This call and your telephone number will be monitored and recorded. And I think everything starts with how people view those inside these where these human wastelands, these warehouses for human beings, where today all the hoops that you have to jump through in order to get parole, and where a man or a woman's character is not even judged in, in regards to age. In uh, regards to the posse and the, uh, a, a man or a woman, that uh, these people have redeemable qualities in them. Uh, and they should bring the medical staff on. I don't mean to change the subject real quick, but okay. 30 people have been tested positive from the building I was in. But 30 more people, which is over 200 of them now, that are tested positive for uh, the virus. So that building I'm in is quickly being uh, sent out to these tents, right? And I always go back to, uh, once again, I always go back to COVID-19 and in the sense that sometimes people see us as lepers, some different, you know, like a different species, as if it was our own fault that we uh, became victims of uh, this disease, because I always think go back to how the negligence and the deliberate indifference that they showed toward us, this segment of human beings, that they didn't care. But now, I want people really just to ask, what, what if it ever happened to them? Uh, that one day your son or your daughter or your grandparents was infected by a virus that it never should have happened. Because those responsible for your care or their care didn't give a damn or drop the ball or didn't follow uh, proper protocol. And so I always go back to this question of, hey, how do we, now there's a whole different segment of men and women in society. It's just by one single fault one single choice that they made. And I always go to the parable of Jesus when he said when they were sitting to stone a, a, a woman. And he said that he who is out without sin, let him be the first one to cast the stone. And we all have our faults and all our shortcomings, but my thing is really how can we as a society, as people really now connected to each other, that they will really uh, get involved in very issues and moving forward. And it's easy for right now to really talk about Black Lives Matter, to see all the symbolism. But I always ask myself, how many people really involved in the politics, the day-to-day work that people do in regards to criminal injustice. How, what do the athletes do, or entertainers, or, act, or, or actors, how do they donate their resources to people on the grassroots level who spend their time and resources for being our voice for uh, the men, men and women inside these walls? 
that, you know, so how can we really not be about like entertainment, like Black Lives Matters now become like a fashionable, a fashionable name, like a fan. But how, but, but really, how do we get in and start supporting various organizations who've been on the ground and do daily, day-to-day dirty work, so to speak, and trying to plant seeds of a new humanity, you know, that a humanity that's not born upon who's elected, you know, which which person which 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 person is is running running the ship now. But on the grassroots level, how do we really begin to ask real questions and it's, you know and get real people really involved in real issues affecting uh humanity, especially now with this virus going on. How can we create a new ethic amongst people? You know, how can we talk about climate change in a real sense? Not in terms of trade-offs, but in a real sense that if we don't do nothing, we're going to be the sixth extinction on, on the planet, human beings. And so how can we really talk about homophobia or racism? or really patriarchy in the real sense, not just talk about it in terms of sexism or the glass ceiling, but how can we really talk about a male domination or white domination in this world, you know, in a real political sense to really create a new society free from all the isms that that keeps us divided, that keeps us making each other see each other as different, but we're not different. We all share a, a, a common bond. That we all share a sense of hope of, of a better humanity, free from all the little things that is put in place as barriers. But barriers is, or walls, they, they made to jump over. they just obstacles. But that doesn't mean you, you, you can't jump over them. It's out of, I always kind of believe that it's out of adversities and difficulties that possibilities are born. Because there's never no easy roads ahead. And so if you ain't willing to sacrifice something, something for the greater cause, then I think you part of, part, part of, in reality, you're really part of the, the problem or the obstacle that really keeps us from really linking each other to and building a new community of people, a new community of people that share the same, not aspirations, share the sense of ethics, share the sense of how can we raise better children, you know, how can we, you know, take care of our elderly, you know. And so I think that it begins on how we see and judge a segment of, of men and women who's locked up behind these walls here. How do society treat them as monsters? They don't deserve health care. They, they, they don't deserve to be treated in, in a humanely manner. You know? Well, how do- I think, I mean, I hear what you're saying, and I what I'm, what I'm also hearing is that people need... I think they need more education. I mean, we've been we've been conditioned to think this way. I mean, it's it's not by accident, as you well know, that millions of people are being locked up. I mean, this is how this country started. If you start with That's slavery right. and genocide and land call and your telephone number will be monitored and recorded and rape of people and planet, then and you're going to do everything you can to maintain that. I mean, we. I know, you know, hundreds of years of slavery um, sounds like a long time, and of course it is when people are having to endure this this trauma and this um, this uh, this abuse and death. But it really is a short period of time when you think about where we are now, because a group of people have been uh, designated to be exploited and captured and caged and controlled that that is how it, it, it started so all all policies all legislation all modes of thinking all 
um, the, the, the social control of how we think about things has been based on keeping a certain group of people, and and I'm also talking, about, so we're talking about black people, but we also, we're, it, we have to talk about indigenous people, have been deemed to be in society in a particular way. And so it's not by design. I think people don't really fully understand because they haven't really embraced the founding of this country. We've been conditioned to think it's something else. And we don't want to live with the ugly truth. So I don't want to keep speaking because I really want to hear from you. And see, that really is the basic crux of the issue. Like Frederick Douglass says, power conceives nothing without a struggle or demand. Mm-hmm. It never has and it never will. So if we're not willing to really stand up and give our voice and give our bodies to change, then, you know, it might not happen in our lifetime. But the thing is, we planted seeds of change, or transformation, or revolution. Like we gardeners, right? And so as gardeners, we plant planted seeds, hoping that it sprouts something new, some some new, something that's gonna create a new space, a new, you know, a new space and a new place in which we uh. Oh, well, the medical people was out here. I was wondering who they was calling. But how do we create uh, a, 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 new, a new world order which uh, we not judge the bomb, gender, cut the color of your skin? You have 60 seconds remaining. You know, you just on, on your bed, on your character. How can you create a new society where the distribution of wealth is not controlled by a one percent of the world's population, you know. But uh, they finna end the phone call, and we keep on pushing. We are gonna keep on pushing. Can't stop, won't stop. Hey, that's why we're gonna push together. Okay. <laughs> okay. You stay well, up. All right. You too. Uh, all right. Stay okay. blessed too. All right. Do we have to find our wings and fly?
change the ground when autumn comes around I know just what I say today's not yesterday and all things have an ending but what I'd like to know to read an excerpt from an article that was written in the Prison Focus issue number 53 in the fall of 2017. Again, you can see the full article at www.prisons.org. And I want you to keep in mind that even all the voices that we hear on this program and the voices that you hear today, um, they're the leaders of this prisoner human rights movement. And the work that we are doing out here should always be in in direct response to the work that they are doing in there. Uh, we are not doing any work for them. They are active, activating and organizing and educating and programming on their own, despite all of the barriers against them to do so. So it behooves us to listen to them, hear out their solutions to the problems that they have been analyzing and experiencing for decades. All right, the name of the article is Amend the 13th on the Vital Importance of Strategic Release to Community Development by Joka Hashima Jinsai. And this is an excerpt. The New Progressive Mentality. But this process of systematic dehumanization also produces its opposite. New men and women who have been transformed by their experiences with the productive system into genuine social progressives, the very antithesis to this structural hate. Such new men and women have given their very lives to transforming the criminal mentality into a progressive mentality and transforming their communities into bastions of social progress and stability. The unfortunate reality is that the U.S. is an attrition-based society, one that prizes retribution and punishment over restorative justice, one that values the conquest of resistance while viewing mercy as weakness. Though there is overwhelming evidence that these draconian measures do not diminish but instead actually fuel criminalization, American policymakers continue to capitulate to the growth model of the prison industrial slave complex, the PIC, the PISC, It was this social reality which led new African political activists to develop the concept of strategic release, the highest threshold of rehabilitation. Under strategic release, a prisoner's grant of parole, pardon, or clemency is based on the positive impact he or she has had on their community and society during his or her imprisonment, and even greater positive impact they will have on society as a whole if released. Consideration for strategic release is based on a subject's work product and proven record of service to the community and society and a formal commitment to continue to work in the service of the community and the people into perpetuity once released. 
As such, it is the height of social restitution, providing direct restorative justice to the people and our communities, requiring a lifetime commitment to society's progress and welfare. Strategic release also requires a minimum of 25 years of confinement as, according to the state's own Bureau of Justice Statistics, recidivism rates for those 50 and over who have served 25 years or more are virtually non-existent. This means strategic release is the highest threshold of rehabilitation, public safety, and social justice any prisoner can achieve, warranting the highest reward a second chance to serve society, physically present in their communities, reducing crime. It is this physical presence of strategic release subjects in our communities which lies at the heart of its vital importance to the process of community development. The formal adoption of strategic release will have a direct impact on reducing crime and violence in our communities where it has been generational while diminishing the social inequities at the root of criminalization through the contributions and activities of those granted release. The prospective prisoners considered for strategic release are committed to solving the ills of society without working with the state or law enforcement, but instead through directly working with the people and community Thus, they remain perpetually accountable to those who have granted them release. Strategic release is therefore vital to any community development scheme, as those released to the community, as much as fire transforms lifeless ice into life-sustaining water, they will breathe healing and life-altering development into our struggling communities. Viable Alternative to the Carceral State Strategic release will provide us all with competent and dedicated leadership at a time when we are facing a crisis in leadership in so many of our communities. Strategic release, release will serve as a blueprint for the expansion of restorative justice initiatives and act as a viable alternative to the maintenance of the traditional carceral state. This means strategic release will serve to undermine the prison industrial save, slave complex at the point of criminalization our communities. The programs and mentorship provided by strategic release subjects in our communities will shut down the school slash poverty to prison pipeline at the source because the subjects for strategic release have literally spent decades analyzing and developing solutions to the ills of society from the perspective of the most disenfranchised and oppressed the programs, initiatives, and institutions they have developed represent a degree of innovation unknown in mainstream America. Rehabilitation through serving the people directly. Strategic relief, release provides a new impetus for our imprisoned sisters and brothers to take self-development beyond mere rehabilitation forward to the realm of social activism and a genuine commitment to serving the people and society as a whole. These new interconnected social, economic, and political relationships produced by the impact of strategic release subjects and their work product will serve to move society as a whole away from the greed, hate, and naked self-interest, which has exacerbated its core contradictions, onto more cooperative and harmonious modes of social life beneficial to us all. Support the concept of strategic release. I encourage you in the strongest terms to advocate for the formal adoption of strategic release by your community and state legislatures. Support local petitions for strategic release and contact your local community organizers and encourage them to support the concept of strategic release. Please visit the sites of the affinity organizations, organizations listed below for additional information. Okay, these are um, a little bit outdated, but still, um, they are currently pursuing formal adoption of strategic release in states across the nation. Amend the 13th stands in solidarity with them and all those actively pursuing the implementation of strategic release. Until we win or don't lose, Joka Hashima Jensai, founder and executive director, Amend the 13th, Abolish Legal Slavery in America Movement. And please visit www.amendthe13th.org. And herein lies the challenge. Are you available to follow the leadership of prisoners? Are, do you have the humanitarian capacity to not compete for power? 
and recognition? Can you stand back and listen and learn and be led by the very people who are experiencing the conditions of being imprisoned, being caged? Can we hear their solutions and give it our heart and soul to help build for a world without prisons. Okay, that is our show. But before I go, I have to tell you about the San Francisco Bay Views National Black Newspaper Fundraiser that's going to be um, happening to celebrate the Bayview Hunters Point community. This is happening November 20th and 21st. That is a Friday and a Saturday. Friday um, from 6 to 8 and Saturday from 1 to 3. This is a virtual slash live event that is going to be amazing. Go to the San Francisco Bayview's website at San Francisco sfbayview.com. That's sfbayview.com. And you will see the beautiful flyer there that will give you all the information that you need to please come out and support the Bayview Hunters Point people. Community is going to be a fabulous, fabulous time. Please tell all of your friends spread it everywhere and come out and enjoy us. This is going to be a absolutely great time. And remember, we've got to take our small victories and we have to remember that it is when we come together that we can make things happen. So please take a breath always. Look to yourself and your neighbors. Stay healthy and stay strong. I will see you next week. I send you my love. Please stay safe and please look to each other. All power to the people. Let's get ready for Work Week with Steve Seltzer.